0: Welcome to Relationship Essentials. This is another episode that we're going to be talking about today. And the topic today is, how do you know he or she is the will of God for you? All right. So we have, I have two amazing guests. But before I introduce them, for those of you that are listening to the podcast for the first time, Relationship Essentials is what exactly it sounds like. It's bringing you the essentials that you need to build and sustain a healthy relationship. This is a Christian platform, so we typically only talk about how to build your relationship on godly principles. I believe that God has given us the answers, but yet we are failing at like live exams. Like you have, it's like an open book test, and most of us are still failing. We have the answers, and for some reason we are still failing. Our the relationship in the church and the relationship in the word is almost no difference. And I believe that if we begin to build our relationship on God's word, like the Bible says, he that builds his life on my word is like, he, is like a man that built his house on a rock. And when storms come, when trials come, when life happens, it stands as opposed to the man that built his, ha- his house on a sand. Unfortunately, I believe the way of the culture And the way outside of the scriptures is building your relationship on sand. It's not going to last. You have some great moments. You have some great times. But ultimately, it will not last. And to help kind of shed more light on today's topic and bring you guys the answers that you're looking for. And maybe in the area of picking your partner or knowing the will of God concerning your relationship. I have two amazing guests. I've come to be friends with both of them. They are really great spiritual giants. On my left, I have Pastor Remy. I met him like five years ago, and just the way he does church, he's not just about the four pillars of the four walls of a church. His church, you know, transcends noticing God's word. He goes into business, which is something that I love. And he helps give people practical ways to build their lives with the word of God. And I have um, Pastor Annette that I met. Um, I believe this year and it's been amazing from the first time we met and just have passion for God have passion one of the things that I loved that when we first time we met was that she said if we have the answers where are we feeling in life and I was like that's a question that I've been trying to answer for a long time so please welcome our two guests to our podcast today All right, so to start off the night, um, this question goes to both of you. Uh, you guys can go at it the way you want um, before we start taking questions. One of the things that I've always wondered, um, as I've matured in my faith, I have learned that what we think is common sense is not common sense. What we think should come easy to people doesn't come easy to people. Um, like, I, like I always say to myself, if it was easy, then everybody would have a healthy relationship. And from the people that I've spoken to, most people that end up in a bad relationship, they will often tell you is they, they knew some way, somehow, this person wasn't good for me. And they still ended up, you know, marrying that person. So I think the better decision we make when it comes to relationship, who we pick, the better, because like, if you can make a good omelet with two bad eggs, right? So when it comes to knowing if he or she is God's will for you, what is your take on that? We'll go ladies first. You oh,
1: man, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> not Pastor, go ahead. I'm good. You go ahead. OK. All right. <laughs> uh, so, OK. <laughs> um, thanks, Sam. It's it's wonderful. Because of, you know, I, I want us to get into this real quick and really do the best we can. What I have found with relationships, I, I have been married 30 years. Um, yeah. Give it up. <clears throat> okay. let, 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 me, let me say it better so that you clap well. I've been married to the same woman for 30 years. (laughs) And and, and we have four children. My daughter got married last year. Um, She's 28. And um, so the Bible tells us if the foundation be destroyed, what what will the righteous do? Can two work together except they agree? Um, Pastor Sam did well by starting this off This is not a motivational speech. This is not about relationships. This is about you starting from a place of what is my foundation. And so what I like to teach is to say there are two types of marriages. There's a godly marriage and there's a worldly marriage. In my regular life, I'm an attorney. I was just actually talking to him. I was admitted to practice 30 years ago on December 16th. So it was December 16, 1992. So if you want a worldly marriage, then you go to the courthouse and you sign a contract. Mm -hmm. So once you sign that contract, then when you are fed up, you just go to the courthouse Mm -hmm. and you tell them that there's a breach of contract. Mm -hmm. That's the way I look at it from a legal mind. But if you want a godly marriage, then you go to God's house. And then if you go to God's house, then God has what we call covenants. It's not contract now because God is a covenant-keeping God. He won't fail. So now, in the marriage, ordinarily in the courthouse, you have the judge or the registrar or whoever, the husband, the wife, and then you know when you're fed up, you go back to the judge. But with God, the Bible tells us that his, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So he doesn't change. So now you, the, the husband and the wife, come together with God. So I define marriage as a, re, a, a covenant relationship between the spirit of God in a man and the spirit of God in a woman together with God. Now the problem with the world is they, don't, they like the God part of it. For show so you're at the club on weekend you're in, the, you're in the sports bar you're doing your thing and then your mom goes to church and then you're going to get married hey mom you know let's go to your church and the pastor signs you up so you take God out of it and you want it to work as a godly marriage so the short answer to that is you have to first know who you are and you know to whom you belong. And then you must know why you're getting into this. Don't get married because you are now 30 for the women. For some reason, once that 30 hits, you know, you want to get married. Get married because you understand what a covenant relationship is. So when I say I've been married 30 years, it's not 30 years of joy, peace, happiness, love, and all these things. 10 years of that could have been a lot of strife. But if you got into it the right way, knowing what God says marriage is for, then your beauty, your shape, your things that will change will not change you mm-hmm. because God doesn't change. So I know we'll get into it a little deeper, but the foundational issue is, do you even know who you are? Mm-hmm. You know, we like to throw in biblical things like, don't be unequally yoked to a non-believer. I tell people in church, that the child, your child that is talking about unequally yoked, are they yoked <laughs> with God before they can unyoke, you know, yoke with someone else? So that, that's sort of the, the start off. All right. I
0: love that. I love that. I love that. So if you want a godly marriage, go to a godly, go to God's house. That's something that I took from that. Pastor night.
2: Wow. So I'm, I'm glad I let him go first. <laughs> yes so i just want to go straight to the point i think there's a crisis going on in the church and i always ask the question why do we fail why are we failing i mean listening to what pastor said first of all congratulations Thank you. for being in marriage for 30 years but then you come across others even pastors that had been married for how many years, and he fails. So what is wrong? And I want us to establish one thing. The Bible says, let every man be a liar and God be true. We need to establish that. So what is going on? Are you telling me that the pastors, what went wrong? So that's what we need to fix. If we don't fix that, we just be talking Bible, we, we go for counseling and everything. But then it it fails. Amen? Amen. Amen. So the question is, I always ask a question. How do you love somebody and then when it fails, you end up hating the person? Mm -hmm. So what is, you see, there's a link. We are not connecting. And the problem with Christians, we are not real. We're very superficial. That's where the problem is. So we come, Bible, Bible, Bible. We speak in tongues, we cover up, underneath, there's an issue. And that issue has never been fixed because we are not practical. And what we are dealing with, you see, is not cerebral, It's not head knowledge. Until we move from the mind and connect to our spirit, we are not going anywhere. Because what we are dealing with is experience. It's not just head knowledge. Amen. Amen. So now... How do you hear from God? Because this God we are dealing with, he's a spirit. And he doesn't deal in the soulish realm. So you know the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. You're talking scripture. The Bible says it's not good for a man to be alone. You know all that. Then it comes to finding a woman. Maybe you have thousands of them around here. But how do you pick the right one? Praise God. You have a mindset. You have in mind a particular person you're looking for. Then you bring that person to God. So now, you are not asking God for help. You want to manipulate God with what you came with. So when it fails, it's not God's fault. Look, what would you... If I asked you, am I a big person or am I a smaller person, what would you say? A smaller <laughs> person. A smaller person. Good. If you had met me years back, I'm a very big person. I mean, fat person. So let's just assume you are a man that wants to marry. And you want a skinny person or a smaller person. If you had met me, let's say, 10 years or 20 years ago, when I was bigger. That is not your expectation. That's not what you're looking for. But then God can tell you, this is your wife. But because you have a mind for a smaller person, you might miss it. So you're not listening to God. You are listening to yourself. You came to the table with your own agenda. But we are dealing with a God who knows everything. So, if you come to God and you talk about, I want a skinny person. I was fat. I'm supposed to be your wife. But well, because you could not hear from God and what you have in mind, you missed your wife. Then 10 years later, the fat wife that you met that you thought was not, now she is. So how do you, how do you work it out? Are we, are we getting it? I want us to be
0: very practical. Uh, can, I, can I interject a little bit? Just so I can. Because I'm imagining myself sitting in the audience and some of the questions in my head. So something that you said as interesting is, all right, so we bring our own agenda to God, right? So it's like, okay, for example, for me, I want to marry a woman that looks a certain way, that is, that have a certain type of mindset. And there could be hundreds of them out there. I think there's something that I think probably people need to get a little bit of clarification on, which is on the element of decision-making. When it comes to, who we marry, or who we're going to spend the rest of our life with, do we pick, or does, God doesn't pick that person for us, right? We're the ones we're the ones that pick, right? Do you guys agree on that, or do you, anybody have a different view on that? Do we pick, or is it God picking the person?
2: So now this is the thing. The Bible says when you seek him, mm-hmm. if it's a woman and it's a need, he knows your need. Mm-hmm. Remember, he made you. It is God who brought Eve to Adam. Remember that. It's not Mm -hmm. Adam who went to find Eve. When Adam saw Eve, he said, this is perfect. So what it is now is that in that dispensation, let's say Abraham was with Sarah and wasn't happy with Sarah. There was a Hagar. There was other ones. So is he going to be depressed? (coughs) No. I mean, if you go to Sarah and you are not happy, you jump to Hagar. So where is the depression coming in? But with our dispensation, we, you need to understand it's one man to one woman. So mm. you have to get it right because there's nothing like going in and coming out. I mean, I, I see I'm a very practical Christian. I started very early and I had a problem because I met somebody who said God said that you are my wife. You are the person that I'm supposed to be with. And I was very, very young. And at the time, we are on fire for God. You don't want to fornicate. So the easiest way is then, you know, get married. If God said, then God has spoken. He's been in marriage for 30 years. Perfect. Some of us, we did not get that luxury. So I am being real so that you can identify with me where I'm coming from. Then you don't have to make that error. So I'm going to use my life so you can understand Amen. Mm-hmm. Glory be to God. We have to be real.
0: Yeah, so, so on that question, not to interrupt you. So on that question on, because I think for me, I've heard some, I've heard some Christians say, oh, I'm, I'm waiting for God to send me the right one. Or, and I think, okay, let me just say this. Some of us, maybe you're married, or maybe you are not in a position where you're looking. But this information is great because maybe down the road, you would have kids. Or maybe you have a friend that needs advice. Some of this information that we're sharing could be something that you can use to help somebody else if you don't need it, right? Because I think for me, I've heard a lot of Christians say things like, oh, I'm waiting for God to send me the right one. I'm waiting for God. I'm I'm waiting on God's timing. And I'm of the belief that God guides us, right? He's like a guide. Like, ultimately, when it comes to who we marry, it's our decision but God wants to play a role in influencing and guiding us on who we, should, who we should pick. Or Do you agree with that? Or are you saying, all right, even though you want to get married and you're a Christian, God is going to be the one to tell you who you marry? So first
2: of all, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So
0: you said you're waiting. Waiting where? So like, I'm, like I'm in not, the room me, room and- not me. Like- I'm of the belief that I make my decision <laughs> with God's guidance, right? right? Where like the spirit leads me. I, I look for the, like, for example, let me just put this out there, right? When it comes to, we, so the question for the podcast is, how do I know he or she is the one for me? And so in that question, we're asking, what is God's will on this matter okay. of relationship? And for me, one of the things I always say is this, you are asking for God's will but some of his will, now not, the Bible says some of the secret things of God is reserved for those who honor him and who fear him, right? But some of his will has already been revealed. The, the, for me, the most practical example of God's revealed will is the Bible. The Bible says that the, 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 the Bible, the scriptures is God's breathed word. That means if I'm looking for God's will, the, right there, the Bible is already giving me, that's the first guide right there. Hey, this is, so for example, right, right, let's say for example, the Bible says, do not be unequally yoked with unbeliever." right? So if I'm going out there looking for a wife or looking for a husband, if that person is an unbeliever, I don't need to go and pray to God about that person because it's like a revealed will. So, are, are let, you me, saying it's different? let me yeah, step let me, in. Let yeah, me step in I'm here. listening.
2: Okay. So this is the thing. That is why it's so important we hear the voice of God. Mm -hmm. Remember, we all used to be unbelievers. Mm -hmm. Let's get that established. Mm -hmm. Because the Bible says, whilst we were all sinners, Christ saved us. Yes. All right. Now, see, I could be an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I could be the right one for you. Mm -hmm. Wait.
0: I don't know if I agree with that, but I'm listening.
2: Now, this is the part where you don't step in. That is why we need the mind and the voice of God. Okay. One thing, see, when I started earlier, I spoke about, the Bible says, do not be equally yoked with unbelievers. All right? Mm-hmm. You know of it. But it's not as practical as you're saying it. Okay. It's not as practical. Okay? So when we, fa- we need to face a real world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, your wife could be that unbeliever. But how do you connect and know that this is the one? Because she could be saved the next day. Mm -hmm. The person could be saved the next day. We are talking God. So I want us to understand and let us allow God to be God in our lives. So this is the problem where I said earlier, there's a crisis going on. And I want to address it before we get into all this. Mm -hmm. And that crisis is that. You see, we haven't gotten to the experiential aspect of knowing God. 100%. We, We haven't. We know him like head knowledge. From A to Z, we have PhD in, in the knowledge of knowing God, the scriptures. If I ask you guys Scripture, you'd be quoting it left and right. But it's not about the quoting, it's about the experience. God is a spirit. Okay? So you see, when, it, when we flip it over to the worldly side, mm-hmm. they don't quote scriptures. They go straight into it. They, they enter into a spiritual realm, but when it comes to Christians, God is a spirit, but we have not been trained to communicate with that spirit. So what we've been doing is head knowledge. So we haven't actually gotten from the mind to enter into a spiritual realm where we can hear the voice of God as God is my father, as I'm talking to you. You can't see him, but he communicates. So the question is, if God is speaking right now, do you know his voice? How does he sound like? How does spirit communicate with humans? We need to get to that reality. I'm not talking about spiritual giftings. I'm talking about the presence of the spirit of God when he's here and he's speaking. Would you know? How do they communicate as spirit? Because we need to address that issue before... Then we will know when God is speaking to us. When God brings the wife, and the wife is an unbeliever, based on your connection with God and knowing the voice of God, you'll be confident. You are not going to have anything to do with her until she comes into this grace, do you, saving grace. I, I'm
0: understanding. We're going to get back to, here. I think, your main point. Um, I have a different belief, uh, viewpoint on that, and that's fine. Your main point is all right, we have to be in tune with the spirit. Guy, let me just let me just hear your take on because I'm I'm a, and I, I'm not disagree with you. I hear you, that's right. Really a, yeah, you know how have me, yeah. you are all the time, so it's oh, okay. Yeah. I'm mean,
2: you. don't worry. You know, I always do
0: so. <laughs> all right, but just, just so we can shed more light on that, because yeah. I believe most of our lives is built like someone says, DDD decisions determine destiny even when it comes to the matter of salvation, right? God could have easily created robots where we didn't have a choice but to just love him. And, but he, he gave man free will where now we get to choose to love God or we get to choose to accept the sacrifice that he has made for us. So I'm, I'm big on, we, we, we play a big role in creating the life that we, that we get. So if tomorrow my life, I'm not happy with the life that I have, is I could go back to where I made a an error in my decision making, right? So, what is your take on decisions, and when it comes to marriage, are we, are we yeah? What is your take on that?
1: I think like you you started with, you know, God gave us we call it permissive will. Mm-hmm. I think what Pastor Annette is, was was really talking about is. That And that's why if you listen carefully to my definition of marriage, yes. I said it is the spirit of God in man. Exactly. Uniting with the spirit of God in the woman and all three coming together with God. Mm-hmm. In the worldly marriage, it's you. Mm-hmm. And this is where we have the problem. Which That's what pastor is emphasizing that people are saying, it's my choice, it's my life, and it is. But that life belongs to God. Mm -hmm. So once you understand that you are not you, and that's why I also said you have to know who you are and to whom you belong. Most people stop at who we are. But whoever you are, you still belong to God. Once you remove the God factor from it, then it's nothing. Now, but God being sovereign, gave us permissive will. That's why he said, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. Pastor's example is perfect in terms of if somebody was, you know, you say, I want a slim woman, blah, blah, blah. That's good. That's what you want. That's why we have prayers. You can ask. But if God is speaking to you and says, no, you can't now override God's will. So it's the, it's the same thing. So we're, we're going there. So, 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 so this is the challenge we have. You should want what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know, the Bible tells us that, let, let's, let me make it practical. It's not just the Bible tells us. My young son is 11 years old. Yes, yes I have a 28 and an 11. <laughs> so don't worry about that. <laughs> he may like a car mm-hmm. and I love him. And I want to buy him a car. But he's too young Mm -hmm. to to drive the car. I will hate him to buy him a car and give it to him now and let him ride. Mm -hmm. So he could be praying to God all he wants. (laughs) He's not getting a car until he graduates college, you know, Mm -hmm. or until I buy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So our will is good. We should know what we want. Mm -hmm. And we should ask God for what we want. But when you start going after that, Hourglass figure girl that you really like. There's nothing wrong with that, but you discover that whenever you hook up, she wants to smoke some weed. Okay. Then you say, "Well, but I still like the hourglass girl." But you have another girl in, in not even in church, in at your job, who's not a but she's a nice person. She's a kind person. She's a, but that's not your spec. You know, you have your specs. So as you are walking, but if you are listening to God, God may be telling you that that. Delilah will get them to take out your eyes. But you say, no, I want I want I like all Delilah. To say, get me that woman. That's what Samson said. She said, get me that woman.
0: Yeah.
1: And that woman caused him to go kill all these people and all those stories. So the first step that I will say, just back to your answer, is that I love Pastor Miles Monroe, blessed memory. He says, when you know where you're going, You know the route that doesn't take you there. So if you are following God, I'm a Long Island guy. So if you're going west on 495, you are going to New York. And you are going east on 495, you're going to Riverhead. You can be smart. You can be dumb. You can agree. You can disagree. But you are not going east on 495 because you like east and then get to the west. It's not going to happen. You're going to get to the water. So your decisions must align with the will of God for your life. This is the fundamental issue now. So if you're a Christian, you must ask yourself, what does God want for me? What does God want from me? And what do I want for myself? If what you want for yourself does not align with what God wants for you, it's not going to work.
0: All right, so I'm, look, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I love what you're saying. And the clarification is there, right? So what I've understand is, what I've come to understand from what both of you are saying is, all right, you could have your own desires. Oh, I want this, I want this, I want that. But as much as you want those things, you have to be humble enough to surrender them to God, right? So that's what I've come to understand. So you could say, you know what? I want Hannah, but God said, hey, it's Goma for you. (laughs) Hopefully for me it's not, but if that is what God says, you have to be humble enough to say, God, I trust you, which I think is going back to knowing the heart of the Father, that he will not send you something that will hurt you or something that will not get you. the Ultimately, what is really good for you. Now, we sing it every day in church. He's a good, good father, and he's perfect in all of his ways that I think, when it comes to your walk and finding your partner, what I'm learning now is you have to trust God. You have to be, you have to walk with a level of trust that if he says, hey, that person is not good for you. And no matter how much you love that person or no matter how great that person makes you feel, if God tells you, hey, that person is not good for you, you should be, you should be humble enough, and obedient enough to trust God with that. So I think this is the next, the question that we have is perfect, right, for this. So. Can I say something to what you just
2: said? You're, you're a little nervous. You know what it is? Nervous? It? No, 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 wait. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me land. Okay, See, I'm, listening. I'm listening. Listening to you is like, God, okay, you're a good God. Please don't bring me a I know you're good. You know my heart. This, I trust you. I love you, but don't do me. That's exactly what but, it's but like, can I, can don't I make, give me can a, I make a good
0: can I make a quick point? Even when people say that, right? When I was when I go back to the scriptures, Jacob wanted um, really? Rachel. His father-in-law deceives him and gives him Leah. Because that wasn't his heart desire. We see the evidence of that, where Leah, no matter how much she tried to make Jacob give her love, he wasn't responding to her as much as he responded to Rachel. Even though Leah gives him ten kids, Rachel gives him two kids. He loves Rachel's kids more to the point that we, when, we, when we kind of fast forward, the betrayal of Joseph's brother, we can still stem from part of that.
2: But, but remember, it wasn't God's fault; it was Laban. Remember that's that? what I'm saying. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't God's fault. It I, wasn't now, I, would to God. I would just the point.
0: I would just begin to the point of. Jacob wanted Rachel. Right. And when he got what he didn't want, he created, you know.
2: So what are you insinuating? Like, God, don't let me become like Jacob. <laughs> so give me, no, what I'm, give what... me this our, this lady. See, look. So let's be practical. Let's find somebody, and maybe the Spirit of God is speaking to us, that that lady at the back, that's your wife. Mm-hmm. It's like, hmm. I'm not sure. Oh, she doesn't look good. I really don't like her. God, can you make amends? This is not what I really want. Would you take it? Are
0: are you asking me me personally?
2: As you trust God and you love God, and God says that in this meeting, this is your wife. And maybe she's not as desiring as you want.
0: Well, in my walk with God now, if God tells me someone that... I don't think it's that attractive is my wife. I would be a Gideon. I'll ask for five confirmations. Exactly. <laughs> <before> I... <laughs>
2: That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And I was saying. I'm you not about the I'm five not, confirmations. No, no, I'm
0: not saying I would disobey God. All I'm saying is he gotta be, he gotta give me some some bulletproof evidence that <laughs> this is it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
0: all I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm gonna disobey. <laughs> But I think we should get into the questions, yes. right? Right, okay. Because they're good. All right, so the first question is, how? so we've talked a lot about being in tune with hearing from God. So the first question is, someone asks, how do you hear the voice of God? How do you, because maybe the voice in my head is saying Delilah. and know what is saying. How do I know which one is, is God? So how do you hear the voice of God? Anybody can go.
2: So see, look. How do you hear from God? What is your connection with God? Because if you're not truly connected to God, how would you hear him? Mm-hmm. If your father works in here, you don't have to see him, but you know that's your father mm-hmm. because of the relationship you, you have with him. I wouldn't know. Do you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? So what is your connection? That is why earlier I said that what we're dealing with is not cerebral, it's not head knowledge, it's experiential. And we have not trained the church to experience God from the knowledge that we have acquired to come to the level of experiencing God. Like I'm talking to you one and one We should come to that level where we can communicate with God. Because if, let's say there's a deaf and dumb person in here. Mm -hmm. You make sign language. That's a language. Mm -hmm. Love has a language. So what is the language of spirits? Because they also communicate. So, if you don't go to that extent to know the language of spirit, if they are speaking, how would you be able to discern and know that? This is the voice of God speaking.
0: So, how do you know it's the voice of God?
2: That is what I'm saying. So, you need to... You see, how astronauts explore space, we have to also explore God. It's an exploitation. We need to explore him. We need to have this intimacy with God by prayer. So whatever you have learned, you have to make it practical, okay? So look, if you go to a medical school, Mm -hmm. you still have to do your clinicals and residence, right? So if you go to a hospital and you meet a nurse, she has more experience. Now let me ask you, if somebody just came out of a medical school and a nurse who has been in the hospital for 20 years, who would you go to? You go to the nurse based on what based on her experience all right so what it is is that we don't have that experience that is the problem and that's the crisis in the church we know everything that's why earlier I said that why would even pastors divorce do you think they hate God that much that they don't want to obey God what happened what went wrong they did not hear right Because the Bible says, let every man be a liar. Let God be true. He's a good God. But we are missing it because we can't hear from him. I went through a similar experience when somebody had said that I'm the one that is meant for him. And I I believed it. We went along. It did not work the way. I mean, I had always said that I don't want to get into a, a relationship and break up. It did not go that way for me. Is it God's fault? No. It is my fault. Because I did not hear right.
0: So I get the, again, going back to the question. So the question is, I get your point. You're explaining why it is important to build that intimate relationship intimate with God. Intimate
2: relationship yes. with God and hear it.
0: Let's say someone has that intimate relationship with God. They're Christian. They are already walking the path of faith. They are, try, they are on that journey of honoring God with their lives. Okay. And they're looking for their partner or for their, their life partner what are the practical ways? Okay. Like, give us like practical examples. Okay, hey, this is, like for me, I have my own, what I think are the practical ways we hear from God. But that's what we want to give them. What are the practical ways? Because people are here dating, right? Nowadays, there's so many options for people to date. People can go online today. You can date someone in Japan. You can date someone in, in the Bronx. You can date someone in Nigeria. You can date, your, the options are limitless. When I'm in that process, what are the practical ways to know God is saying no? God is saying yes.
2: God is saying what what are the so practical ways? Why, first of all, why are you all over the places? So if, if listen, if you do not hear from God, don't take a step. Hold on, hold on. Until you hear from I want God. to confirm? So okay. don't date until
0: you hear from God. Wait.
2: So you see, dating is I want different. To understand. Wait, wait, I'm not wait. wait,
0: wait. I just dating, don't understand.
2: dating is not marriage dating is different you can talk as th- you can be talking to girls yeah it doesn't mean you mar- you're getting married to them with from talking from from to- well then that's that's too early while well, from talking we but, but, you, to but marry. you don't just
0: you don't just meet someone and marry them you have to date them right of course so that's what we're saying so because without dating there's no marriage if we, if, we, if, we, if me and this girl never talk there's no way we're just gonna be like
1: <laughs>
0: we're, We're going to, at some point, have to have a communication,
1: get to know her. I'm going to have to... Okay, can I I come in? Can I? (laughs) Yes, please. All right. Again, I get what you're saying. And and I think what Sam is trying to push, because people that are listening, we hear the... And like you say, practical, but we hear the Christians speak that hear from God, hear from God. The, The best example that I have is... Um, I'm from Nigeria right. originally, so if, if somebody calls me from Nigeria and I have to say, who's speaking? I don't have a relationship with absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: I just met Pastor Annette a few minutes ago. If she called me and I pick up her phone, I'd be like, who's this? Say, I'm Pastor Annette, blah, blah, blah. Even if she called me after this program, I, I really don't have a relationship. So we're starting from the place of you have to have a relationship that you're walking with God that, and this is why again, from the Bible, I give a small example like David. When David was going against Goliath, everybody that knew David said, this little boy. Oh, right. you, but he said, listen, the person that sent me, mm-hmm. I know. there was a time a bear came mm-hmm. and he rose up mm-hmm. and I killed the bear. Mm-hmm. Then there was a time a lion came, then So he has a relationship with God that made him understand. This is why we must walk with God. We should stop running into relationships. First, sort yourself out. You have to first know who you are and to whom you belong before you try and be pairing up with anybody else. Because all your insecurities, all your foolishness, all your all the challenges that you have, you are going to look for someone that will mirror them, amplify them, and may cause you more problems. So sometimes it's better to be alone for a minute. Spend some time knowing who you are. And then once you know who you are with God, it's not when you want to get married or date that God should speak to you for the first time. This is why, like Pastor again said, I've, I've seen those things in a lot of churches where they say, God spoke to me, you are, the, you are God's will for my life. No, I'm not. Because he's not going to be talking to you alone. Now, we, this is why we're here today, to let people know, don't let any older person most times, older in faith, just fool you because they like you and they right. just tell you that's God's will for them. And you, especially when they have authority over you sometimes, like your Sunday school teacher or your, or your whoever, you have to say, no, 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 no. I, I want to continue a walk with God and start knowing him. And when he says, go left, you know you're going left. When you so you, And it's very difficult. It's, and you say, oh, how do I know? How do I know? The only way you know is when you spend a lot of time with God. And the more time you spend with God, it's not for marriage. It's not for money. It's, just, it's not for things. It's just because you want to know him. And as you know him more, then I'll give this Because the the next practical thing is, there's nobody that is doing something against the will of God that could be God's will for you. So if you are already dating someone and they are the pastor and you are also a Christian and they slap you today, Mm. that's not the will of God for your life. And they, they rape you tomorrow... And you say, well, but he's a man of God. Or they do something. That's so I'm just giving you little, so they're practical. We know. We know these things. If, if you love God and God is telling you certain things that you ought to do for you, and somebody is coming into your life that wants to take you away from the things that God is telling you you should do for you, then you, you, you again, God may, that person, because God is sovereign, may end up being your spouse down the line. But for now, maybe God just wants to help you to, you'll be the one that will be the change
0: agent for that so person. So they, they could start off as an assignment.
1: Yeah. But, but, it's really a wife. Yes. yes no right, so
0: just, just so we can be, I want to make sure we are getting, I want to make sure I get people the answers for this question. So when, from what I've heard is, number one, obviously, the first time you hear from God should not be when you're looking for a spouse. Right. Then mm-hmm. now you're coming to God for his hand. And his heart, which I think is very important when you're when you're walking with God, that you know him for his heart. Because knowing him for his heart makes it easier to get something from his hand. Mm-hmm. Right. And it makes it easy. It also makes it easier to trust what is in his hand when you know his heart. Right. So just to go over there. So one of the ways to hear the voice of God is to compare the reality to his word. Is that why we're agreeing on that?
1: That's one of the ways. One of the ways. Let let me just say this real quick. Let's give them multiple ways. Sorry, let let me just say this real quick. If there was a guy who wanted to destroy Israel called Goliath, and David just ran up and said, God said, that's not God. Because David's walk with God was not for Goliath. David's walk with God was for God. He loved God. He was a man after God's heart. When they sent him to do his work, he was busy seeking the face of God in the wilderness. And then when Goliath came up, God had prepared him. So the point I'm making is that your issue should not be marriage. Your issue should be seeking God. When you are seeking God in the places you are not looking for, that's where you'll find your spouse.
2: Okay. And I want, to, yeah. I want to add this also. See, we need to understand that God is a king. You cannot manipulate him. When you come before a king and he tells you, I need two hours of your time. You're very distracted. You want to go out to work. You want to do stuff. And maybe within that time, that's when you want to communicate with you. But you don't have the time. But when you're in crisis, you just run to God and you expect him to talk to you. You don't have that intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. So, you obviously, you're not going to hear from God. Do we, do we get it? Yeah. So, it's very important that if you respect God and believe in God and trust him, you will spend more time with him, get to know him. It's a gradual process. It grows like a child. You don't just get up to hear the voice of God. It's gradual. You're going to make some errors, but then it's okay. So like I said earlier, spirits have a way of communicating with us. It's not audibly like I'm talking to you, but it's an impression. But when you stay closer with them, if you're dealing with a deaf and dumb, you will not obviously know the sign languages. You learn it. You make errors. But as you're progressing, you, you, you get better. It's the same with God. So when the spirit begins to... Impress on your heart, you will get to know. Maybe God will tell you, sit down. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Why am I sitting, like, right now? He said, get up. For what? Why should I get up? You don't know why he said, get up. Maybe there's going to, something is going to happen. Or I'm going to fall. So because I know God. So you see, the thing is, when you hear the voice of God, it helps you to live longer. If you're traveling and you know the voice of God, it can tell you, don't, don't board this plane. Wait for the next one. So even aside from marriage, it is very crucial for us to hear the voice of God. He's our father. How can somebody be your father and you don't know his voice?
0: Okay. All right. Just, we have some questions that we want to address before we this episode comes to an end. All right. I'm just going to throw this out there for, hopefully it could help someone. All right. From what we've heard, I think it's been Overemphasize, which is important, that the first step is to build an intimate relationship with God. Right? Don't come to God for what He can give you first, because the Bible says that He knows your needs before you even begin to ask. But why does He want you to? What, what is He look? What is God looking for first? Which is a relationship with us, right? So build that intimate relationship with God. And one of the things, one of the ways that have been identified is God's word, right? And I believe that God's word is God's revealed will. It's like when someone dies, they write a will. If they're not around, how do we know their will? Hey, what? go to their lawyer or whatever. It is, what did they write in their will? It's written. So God's written word is one of the ways you identify, hey, what is God? If, if what you are seeing in that person contradicts the word of God, God cannot contradict himself. The Bible says, let all men be liars. And got true. So if the person you're looking at, their life contradicts the word of God, it's hard for that At least in that moment, that person, I don't believe that person is someone that is God's word for you. Another tool that I believe God has given us to, um, to know if this person is, 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 is your partner is the Holy Spirit. The Bible says when Jesus was about to go, he said, I will send you the comforter. The Holy Spirit plays so many roles in our lives. Right? Like, one of the, one of my things I, I've come to learn about God is, so in the book of Revelation, it talks about the seven spirits of God. In the book of Isaiah chapter 11, it talks about what those seven spirits are. The, the, the Holy Spirit is not just doing one role in your life. So, for example, if you read Isaiah chapter 11, the Holy Spirit has the seven spirits of God is the spirit of the fear of God, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge. The Holy Spirit can... Guide you and speak to you and counsel you. So, number one is like they said, working that muscle of the Holy Spirit where it begins to grow stronger so you can be so you are more in tune. It's like I always compare it is like so many times we have so many voices in our head. If we turn down one volume, one volume becomes more audible. So, if we turn down our flesh, maybe you are going after that God because out of lust, if your flesh is low and the spirit is high you will hear God more in that in that situation all right so let's i want to this person has a good question one person asked this question and i want to be quick and i'm not trying to be mean but this is how i this is how i am bear with me the person said how can you hear when you are done listen uh uh-uh, uh do the opposite <laughs> listen then you will hear <laughs> 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 that just me is let's say yeah all right um This person asked, which I think this one is important. This person said, what if you are already married with a a Christian partner and you fall out of love with them because you realize that you didn't hear from God first and they are not the right person for you? What do you do?
1: Look, I think, um, again, pastor had gone into that area these questions, these kind of things are so subjective. Yeah. So, for example, when you say you are falling out of love with them, you know, Go back so, in. What, 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 yeah, yeah what, what caused the fall? You know, the, the reason God hates divorce is because God hates divorce. Now, the, the challenge that I have, and I don't want people to misconstrue what I'm saying, mm-hmm. is that the church has misunderstood what God hates divorce means. God hates divorce doesn't mean you, you won't divorce if, if, if that's the issue. It just means God doesn't like it. He doesn't like separation. The piece of paper that we call the marriage, is not marriage. Because you have a certificate that says you're husband and wife, that's not husband and wife. Husband and wife means that you are one. So many people have the certificate, but they are divorced. You are sleeping with other people, you are divorced. You are beating your spouse, you are divorced. You hate your spouse, you are divorced. You just haven't gone to formalize it. So staying in that relationship to ruin the lives of your children, to ruin the lives of your family, the only way is if you went back to the foundation. So if that person somehow could go back and say, God, I believe but help my unbelief," This is a problem. And I know nothing is too difficult for you to do. Can you help me with this spouse? I don't want to say man, whoever it is. And and you pour your heart out to God and you believe God. But most times I have found, because this is what I, I really do a lot of marriage counseling, Most times, people that have marital challenges are always looking to the other party instead of looking to themselves. And you can't change your spouse. You can't actually change anybody. That's why even when we do the salvation call, the altar call, we say, if there's anybody here that hasn't given their life to Christ, why don't you stand up now? You will be the one that has to stand up. In Revelation 3.20, it says, he's at the door of our heart, knocking." He's not going to come in. He says, if you open the door, I will come in. So that person should try and fix them. Try and work with you. Try and talk to God about you. Try and ask God, can you give me the grace to forgive this person? Can you give me the grace to love this person? Can you? And when you work on yourself and you now pray for the other person, and then I always say, if you are in a Bible-believing church, Go for counseling. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the marriages are falling out of love. Most of the love, and I think Pastor said, is lost. And so if you already fell in lost to get married, you're already in trouble. It's funny you started by saying, you know, you were a bigger person. I was 300 pounds. You can go on our YouTube. I didn't pull them down. Go on YouTube and look at my old messages. I was 300 pounds. Now, my wife is five feet. I'm six feet, 300 pounds. But when I married her, I think I was maybe 200 pounds. If she had left me at that time, because this is not the person I married, he's just big as a monster, whatever. But she didn't. It was the grace of God. And it's not because of the physical. It may be other things. There were times when I wasn't a good... Before I really became born again, I was always going to church. But guess what? I was unfaithful. Now, if she had left me then, she wouldn't be married to a pastor now who is now a better person. And I'm still a work in progress. But there are things that I used to do that my phone was my life when we were married in the beginning, in the early days. I want you to know this is the practical part of it. I had two foes. I had one for, you know, the street, and I had one for the home. <laughs> you know, I had to hide one, do this. You know, you have to, you know, because I was, I was doing what I got to do. So, but, thank Holy God, thank God she, she, she yeah. forgave me.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank God she stood there. Thank God she prayed for me. Thank mm-hmm. God she held on. And that's what I think Pastor was talking about. You, the old me was, would have been a terrible husband but she stayed the course through counseling because my pastor, Pastor Michael Olua Femi, well, you know, she'll call him and they'll call me and I'll be like, well, praise the Lord, hallelujah, God will do it. <laughs> and, and then slowly they got me all sucked into the whole church thing. And before I knew it, Tuesday digging deep. this is where they, so the, so the trick, I'm sorry to take time, our, when, then I used to go to church Tuesday. and It was a small church. So They called me all the time. When I'm about to do something bad, my pastor, hello, pastor and brother, she called call you. God bless you. I'm like, God bless you, sir. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm not doing anything. <laughs> um, would you be able to see me today? We have Bible study. We have this. We have, so we had so many things all the time. And it was a nuisance. But God was working me out that, that nuisance. And if anybody told me I would end up being the pastor, then I would have said, look, I used to tell them, like you were telling me, I said, look, let me make money. I'll sponsor Look, Just pray to God to make make me keep making money, and the church will be all right. But then God says, forget all that, I'll take you. So all I'm saying is that every situation is different. I can't tell her. I don't know whether she was ever in love. You know, when when you say, or him was ever in love, they say, I fell out of love. Maybe they were never in love. So maybe what they need is God go to the foundation. Thank you. And revisit our foundation. Yes. Help us to understand love. What is love? Love is tender. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Love is not, um, not, not puffed up. It doesn't envy. It's not, you know, and all that. All right.
0: So I love what you said. And thank you for sharing. I didn't even know that about you. So that was is encouraging to see. And I love, one of my favorite writers is John Maxwell. Right. When it comes to leadership, I think, hands down, he's the best leadership author. He said something. He said, when you want to impress people, tell them about your success. But when you want to impact people, tell them about your failures. And many times in the church, it feels like the church is like a trophy house where everybody is showing up their success. And it's a point that people share their previous struggles or their struggles So sometimes it encourages someone that is in the room, that is struggling with the same thing that you're struggling. With. Or maybe sometimes they already put you on the pedestal. And when they know that you also have human moments, it encourages them in their own human moments. So even for us in general, I know sometimes nobody wants to look bad. Nobody wants to look unsuccessful. But when we share our struggles, sometimes it helps us. Number one is humility. And number two, it encourages other believers to know, okay, they're not the only one that is failing or struggling or not meeting the mark in a certain area. All right. So the floor is yours. Closing statement. How do you know he or she is the will of God for you?
2: I'll still go back to what I said earlier. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to encourage each and every one of us. Pursue God. Get to know God. He's the ultimate, say, in everything that you do. I mean, it's not about your desires anymore, it's about His desire. So we need to get to a point where we ask God, What is your desire? Not my desire any longer. Because, I mean, it might be the woman, this is the one you want. But God, I desire this person. But what is your take on that? Let us humble ourselves before God. And let God become our priority in everything that we do. I think the church is failing. We've left God behind and our mind is leading. Because we've learned so much. We've mastered all the scriptures. But we don't have that experience with God. So we can talk the talk, but we are not walking the walk. That's why we are failing. So with everything that we've learned... Let us put it into practice to experience God regardless in your business, in your relationship, with every area of your life. The world is leading. They are progressing. Look at the world. What do you have to show forth? When they ask you to prove your God, can you prove him? All you do is talk. If you call a witch doctor, he can manifest stuff. But can you manifest your God? We have to think about that and pursue God. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Uh, so the backup, <laughs> the backup is you must, I, 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 we do a series once a year on marriages. So I say, you must want to get married. You know, one of the things I've seen, which is the point Sam was also making is that God gives us this permissive will. Mm-hmm. And that permissive will says, ask, and you would receive. Mm-hmm. But you must not ask amiss, Due to our own lusts. So ask God. Say, God, the plan and purpose for my life. Help me to know it. And help me to hear you and obey you. And this is not for my wife or for my, no, for my husband. For my life. I'm from the Redeemed Christian Church of God. The general, we just finished our congress in Lagos. And the general over here said something. He said his plan for his life was to be the youngest, they call him presidents of universities. He, he has a PhD in mathematics. So he wanted to be the youngest president of a university in Africa. And then he met Christ. And he had to resign. And he ended up going to live in an undesirable part of town and all that. Today, 40 years, 50 years down the line, this same person, by the grace of God, I've been able to, through the church, found universities, build cities, have churches in over 190 countries. And he said, "You know, God, if I didn't hear Your voice, and if I pursued my will, which was a good desire, you may want a slim hourglass or whatever, buff man with six packs and whatever. It's good. It's a good desire. He wanted to be a. Vi- he didn't want to be a killer. but that wasn't God's plan for him." God's plan for him was to follow God. And in following God, like when Saul went to look for those asses, he ended up becoming king. So when God sends you, it's never a wild goose chase. The issue is, do you know his voice? And the only way you can know his voice is if you spend time with him. I don't speak Spanish. I don't understand Spanish. Anytime I go to Mexico, I'm lost. Except I meet somebody speaking English. Why? because I'm not familiar with Spanish. If I spend more time in Mexico, believe me, in one year, I would understand Spanish. So if you spend more time with God, then you will know his voice. And then you will listen, and he will guide you. God bless you. Awesome, awesome.
0: This has been great. Did did y'all have fun? All right. All right, this has been awesome. Uh, We're going to close, and just to encourage everyone, um, just trust God. And if there's anything that I would say on the matter of knowing God's will of whether He or She is your is for you, one thing I would say is don't limit on how God can speak to you. Don't limit God. I'll give you guys a personal story. I'm not married, but my parents. It always still amazes me sometimes. I'm like, yo, I just telling the truth. <laughs> but let me tell you guys the story. My my dad was planning to marry someone else. According to the story, not story. According to him, <laughs> he already had the date set. And he said he got a vision from God that that wasn't his wife, that his wife was in a whole, he had never met my mom, that his wife was in a whole different city, in a different town. He canceled the wedding and drove to a city that he didn't know to look for a picture of a woman that God showed him. Wow. So, So... Don't, God can speak to you through dreams exactly. for me. Sometimes it's like red flags. Like you say, God, how do I know God is showing you all the things wrong with the president? You're like, you see red flag as roller, roller coaster, you're enjoying it. No, that's <laughs> God telling you, Hey, look at this. You know, <laughs> but my point is do not limit God. Sometimes God could speak to you through your friends. Don't limit on how God can speak to you. But the first step. In hearing God's will about that person is to build an intimate relationship right. with God. Have, get used to his voice. Then when you hear it, you will know it. Thank you guys. Please make sure, make sure you subscribe to our channel on YouTube. It's Relationship Essentials. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on, on um, Spotify, Audible, Podbean, um, and This is what I say. Our goal is to push the God's way of doing relationship, right? Our hoodie says, do it God's way. That is our slogan. Do it God's way. It's hard. It's different. But in anything that you're going to do and be ultra successful in, it's going to be hard. It's going to get you out of your comfort zone. It's going to challenge you. It's going to get you to do things that you've never done. But they say, hey, if you want to go where you've never been, you have to do what you have never done. You cannot do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. So I think it takes all of us to push godly Well of relationship. We're always posting other things. When you see we have reels on Instagram, post our reels. You know, buy every, everything that we sell, the t-shirt, the hoodies, the jerseys, everything has God's word in it. Our goal is to use fashion, to use media, to push God's word out there. Because that's what the worldly people are doing. They are pushing their own messages out there. So anyhow, you can play a role in helping us push that message. We would appreciate you. So anytime you see our flyer, promote it, promote it. And just not just kingdom, not just um, relationship essentials. Anything kingdom. Play a role in pushing God's word out there. All right? Thank you. We are going to come right back in five minutes with Pastor Fleming. All right? On the next episode. Thank you, guys. God bless you.